Good morning and welcome to On Fire Radio, brought to you by Catskill Mountain Christian Center, a full gospel family church and Christian academy located at 629 Main Street in beautiful Margaretville, New York. What a great day to go to church. If you don't have a church, come on over to Catskill Mountain Christian Center. We would love for you to be our guest this morning. That's Catskill Mountain Christian Center this morning at 10 o'clock. If you'd like more information about On Fire Radio or Catskill Mountain Christian Center, give us a call at 845-586-4848. I'm Renard Bartow, and I'd like to invite you to join us for the next 30 minutes as we bring you On Fire Radio. Now let's go to Pastor Bob Engelhart with today's message. And what I've been thinking a lot, and probably some of you who I've spoken with, um, more recently have heard me speaking of foundations. And foundations, anybody who knows anything about building, I do not know much about building, but I do know the foundation is really the most important part of starting a building, right? That the digging people come in and they, they do their digging thing and... Um, make sure that the, the ground is level and um, then footing, these days footings are, are poured. Um, back in Bible days, they would start with a cornerstone. And so I want to talk about the cornerstone a little this morning. I want to talk about foundations a little bit this morning and how important it is that we reconfigure our thinking to be foundationally Christian because I think that that is not as common as you would think it would be among church folks um, because the Bible has a lot to say and I'm not going to say a lot about it but I'm going to say some about it the Bible says a lot about foundations um, and it says a lot about this cornerstone. It says, you know, a bunch of times over in the Bible, this, this chief cornerstone. The cornerstone is the beginning. Without the cornerstone set properly, the whole building is off, right? So we were just down in places where they get hurricanes. And you can see that the buildings are built differently built differently. Some of them are built high on stilts, and some of them are built massive um, foundational um, stories. And because they're, they're cognizant of the fact that at any time they could get a hurricane, and buildings that are built well don't blow away. You know, they may take some damage, but they don't blow away. The buildings that are not built well are not built up to, I guess, what they would call code or even beyond code in many cases. They don't blow away. You know, so the storms come, and Jesus said something very close to that, right? 
said you build your house on the sand and, and then the storm comes and it blows away. You build your house on a rock, right? And the storm comes and it's not blown away. We want to make sure what's under everything. You know, there's so many computer metaphors that we can use today because um, there are systems that run under systems that run under systems and things like that that we don't even know about. And some guy is coding somewhere and creating the ability for us to be users of these uh, computers. And we think we know how to operate a computer like we know how to operate a car. I don't know how to build a car. You know, I know how to drive one. Because there are people, there are engineers, there are people building computers, building programs, all those kind of things. This is a human computer program. This is a human computer program. It is the foundation throughout it all, not obvious at first. It will take a lifetime of study, and you may only get a quarter of an inch deep into it, but this is a computer program for the human species as created and desired by God, okay? The one who created us. I'm saying he created us, but I also want you to know that he created you. He created you specifically. So we must be building our lives our families, and our church on the foundations provided by God. Ultimately, it works best when you build your whole culture on the foundations that have been, um, that have been given to us by God. The more we do that, the more we have the opportunity to reap the benefits that God promises. Every promise in the Bible is yours for the taking. Every promise in the Bible is yours for the taking. Every promise in the Bible is yours. It's your birthright. However, there are conditions, right? Okay, so. This is often confusing. Now, I'm talking about foundations now. I don't want, I don't, I don't want to get away from that because I could stray from that. This is often confusing because many things we consider to be appropriate foundations are built on false um, or the false realities of the culture that we live in today, many of which are not righteous but we consider them to be appropriate because everybody does, right? Because many of the things we consider to be appropriate are built on false foundations of culture, family traditions, personal preferences, misunderstanding scripture, cherry-picking and memorizing only certain Bible verses, and not eating Jesus' flesh and drinking his blood, which is the, which is the big daddy which is the big, is the whammy of all, eating his flesh and drinking his blood, which we memorialize through communion as a prophetic 
memorial to Jesus dying on the cross, his body being broken, his blood being spilled so that we can be forgiven. Therefore, we can begin on this chief cornerstone of Jesus to re rebuild the foundations of our lives. Chesterton said this, G.K. Chesterton said this, said, we do not really want a religion that is right where we are right. What we want is a religion that is right where we are wrong, right? We don't want a religion, we don't want our faith to validate what we already think is right, that we think is good, that we think is right. We want a religion to correct us where we're wrong. We want a faith to show us where we're wrong so that we can begin the process of reestablishing the foundation of our lives. Because when Jesus becomes your foundational, when, when the word of God becomes your foundational reality, you think differently, you act differently. Your, your heart responds differently to different situations. And you're not following a crowd of people who are simply you know, in their bubble with the crowd of people they believe in, believe with, you know? Because sometimes Jesus does and says things that are absolutely, like, crazy, like, um, not what you would expect Jesus to say, right? Jesus slams some people. I mean, Christians don't slam people, do we? I mean, Jesus slams some people. I don't know. Hebrews 11, from verse 8, says, By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out into the place where he would receive an, as an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. See, the funny thing is, when you get saved, you don't know where you're going. When God is calling you out, God is calling you out from your father's house, right, which is where Abraham was called from the Ur of the Chaldeans and, and called out of his father's house. He didn't know where he was going. But he followed, followed the voice of God. He, would he was going out to a place he would receive as an inheritance and he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of that same promise. And this is why Abraham did this, because he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Abraham was waiting for the city whose foundations were the builder and maker of God, or were the built, whose builder and maker is God. You know, I want to live in a city like that. I want to live in that city. I want to live in the city whose foundations 
is built, were built and made by God. I'm going to read now from Psalm 118, verses 19 through 29. It says, Open to me the gates of righteousness. I will go through them. Gates of righteousness are not open to you. You can't go through them. It's not, in, it's not your discretion. You don't just get to sort of open up the door. Jesus said, I, Jesus said of himself, I stand at the door and knock. And if any man opens the door, I will come in. But he stands at the door and knock. Open to me the gates of righteousness. I will go through them and I will praise the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord through which the righteous shall enter. Verse 21, I will praise you for you have answered me and have become my salvation. He didn't say you bought me a car. Nothing the matter with cars. I like cars. He didn't say you bought me a house. He said you gave me salvation. You gave me salvation. You gave me eternal life. You saved me. And it says, I will praise you for you have answered me and have become my salvation. The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. The rejection of Jesus, we're coming up upon Easter, the rejection of Jesus by the builders, by who? By the, the, the Jewish leaders, the Roman um, rulers, right? The stone which the builders rejected, crucified, nailed to a cross, shed his blood to be raised from the dead. But the stone that the builders has re rejected He's the chief cornerstone. I pray that Catskill Mountain Christian Center breeds that in people. I pray that, that the sum total of our work here for the years that we've been here is that we have propagated Jesus Christ as the chief cornerstone. And that man hanging on a cross, his body being broken, whipped, punched, torn, humiliated, would become the cornerstone of our, the foundation of our lives. And you come to the place where you are never ashamed that you're a Christian. You are never ashamed that you are a Christian. You are never shy about your Christianity. You speak for Jesus. The stone which the builders rejected. They're rejecting him today. Um, Isaiah 28, 16. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, behold, I lay in Zion a stone for a foundation. This is way back in, in Isaiah, prophesying. I lay in Zion a stone for a foundation, a tried stone, precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. Whoever believes 
will not act hastily. The thing about Jesus is that he's a tried stone. Jesus is a tried stone. Some of us are not tried stones. I mean, to be a tried stone, you got to go through, through some stuff to be a tried stone. When you're a young Christian or when you're a child, you're not a child, tried stone yet. It's good. It's coming. You know, you won't like it when it gets here. But when you get through it, you wake up and you do. This I'm half Irish. I can't help it. You do the Irish jig. You say, I just came through this horrible circumstance and I still believe. No, I believe more. Are you with me? We need a foundation. We need a foundation. A foundation that says that this is who we are 24-7. Behold, I lay in Zion a stone for a foundation, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone. Gosh, you got to love Jesus. You got to love Jesus. He says, a sure foundation, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation, and whoever believes in him will not act hastily. You're not in any rush. Jesus' timing is not our timing. I am not altogether about happy about this aspect of this scripture because I wanted things to happen much faster for me in my life. I wanted much more, um, many more victories, many larger victories, much quicker in my life, right? But he says, somebody who has this very precious cornerstone for his cornerstone will not act hastily. You don't have to jump into it. You jump into it, but, but you take your time. You build your faith. You learn your scripture. You learn your Bible. You don't three, there's no three-week overnight preacher course, elder course, pastor course. People are built. It's not magic. People are built. Christians are built. That's why Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, because it takes time, right, for us to grow into what we're going to be. Um, Matthew 21, from verse 28, it's a parable of the two sons. Jesus says, but what do you think? A man had two sons, and he came to the first and said, son, go, work today in my vineyard. He answered and said, I will not. But afterwards, he regretted it, and he went. And then he came to the second son, second, and said, likewise. And he answered and said, I, I go, sir. But he did not go. Which of the two sons did the will of his father? And all the people that Jesus was talking to said, the first son. The first son who said initially, no, I don't want any part of that Christianity. I don't want any part of that. 
But as he grew and thought about it, he regretted that decision and went and came and worked in his father's vineyard. And the other guy said, I'm, yeah, dad, yeah, dad, I'm a Christian, I love God, yeah, I'm a Christian, I love God, but I'm not going to really do anything about it, you know? You know, there is, there is the doing part, there is the working in the vineyard, working in the vineyard, working in the vineyard, producing fruit, working in the vineyard. Now, I don't want anything to do with that Christianity. You know? So the two sons, you know, one says, I'm not going to go, Pop. He's an honest man. I don't want to work in church. I don't want to do anything in church. So the son says, I ain't going to that church. <laughs> you're, gonna, you're not going to catch me dead in that church. And then all of a sudden, there's just a little bit of depth. He says, well, I wonder what the heck this stuff is really all about. He says, no, I don't want to. Father, I'm not going to obey you. I'm not going to work in your vineyard. I don't even believe in your vineyard. Right? Truth is, everybody believes. I want to tell you something. Here's a little secret. Everybody believes. To every man has been given the measure of faith, the Bible says. To every man has been given the measure of faith. Um, so he doesn't want to work in the field, and, and yet when his heart is convicted later in his life, right, he ends up going and working in his father's field. And the other brother who says, yeah, Papa, I'm going to go. I'm good. But he never went, right? He says, no, I really don't want to do that. It really needs me, that car over there. After that, Jesus said to them, Assuredly, I say to you that tax collectors and harlots, prostitutes, enter the kingdom of God before you. For John came to you, John the Baptist came to you in the way of righteousness. Because John said, repent, repent, turn from your evil ways. He was saying, because the kingdom of heaven is at end. John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you didn't believe him. But tax collectors and harlots believed him, and when you saw it, you did not afterwards repent. So even the Holy Rollers, Holy Joes, came down and saw the tax collectors and the, and the former prostitutes who believed in him and came in and they still thought they were better than them. They didn't repent. They stayed their course. Because they already had the God thing down, right? In their minds. Hebrews 12. Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance. He who believes in him shall not act hastily. Run with endurance. That's marathon. That's not sprint. Run with endurance. 
Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Other way of saying that is the originator and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus did all of it, and he endured all of it because he knew what was coming. That's called faith. I know what's coming, and I know it's going to be good. I has not seen nor ear heard, nor has it entered into the mind of God the things that God has for those that love him. Right? You can't even imagine how good it's going to be. In God's eternity, you can't imagine the best things in life. The very, very best things in life. You can't even imagine how good it's going to be when you get to God's eternity. And you get the divine accolade. Well done, good and faithful servant. Now enter into the joy of the Lord. Got to have a foundation, though. Got to be building a foundation all the time. We've got to be building a foundation. Because you know what? The devil's going to use different things, and he uses different tactics on different people, uses different schemes. You, maybe it's maybe you doubt the whole thing. You're still doubting the whole thing. Good. Good. That means God has big things for you. Because when you fight that fight, and you come up, your head comes back up out of the water, you fight that fight for faith, and you know you have it now, then you say, oh, baby, I'm in this thing. Because God has something big for you to do. He has something important for you to do. I'm going to end with this. Another G.K. Chesterton. And spend a little time with OGK, 1800s, I think. Maybe early 1900s, too. Um, it is almost a good thing that nobody outside should know what gigantic generosity and even geniality, kindness, geniality, can be locked up in a box as the legendary casket held the heart of the giant. He said, it is a satisfaction and almost a joke that it is only in a very, in a dark corner and a cramped space that any man can discover that mountain of magnanimity. That means that what you have in you somewhere is a casket, is a, is a box inside of your somewhere that is filled with a magnanimous part of yourself that Jesus wants to, wants to sort of shoot his ray gun from, his kindness, his love, he wants you to learn how to um, 
respond the way Jesus responded. Amen. Amen. Father, in Jesus' name, we bless you today and we thank you that we get to represent you in our generation, this generation with so much pain and so much heartache, so much confusion. Father, with so many variations of temptations that, that pull against us consistently. And Lord God, that you would give us uh, the strength and the power to laugh, uh, to, be, uh, uh, to be the real deal in this generation. Um, and that everybody in this room, everybody online would feel something of God's Holy Spirit today. And, and, and feel a desire to push deeper into God's kingdom. Just ask, please, Father, continue to bless us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you for joining us today. We pray that God has used this message to minister to you. If you would like to help financially support the work of Catskill Mountain Christian Center, you can go to our website and give at www.cmcconline.org. There you'll find options how to give online safely and securely. And to find out more about Catskill Mountain Christian Center, you can follow us on all of our social media platforms. You can follow the handle at CMCC Church at Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also head over to our website at www.cmcconline.org. And on behalf of Pastor Bob Englehart and everyone here at Catskill Mountain Christian Center, this is Jake Johnson signing off. God bless, and thank you for joining us this morning.